0: This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call, Auburn.
1: Welcome back into the program on this Monday. Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app inside the studio. JJ Jackson alongside Tom Peavy. And Cam We've got a wonderful show going so far uh, with plenty more content coming your way here on the 8th of August. We are officially three Auburn football fall camp practices in the books. 26 days away from the Tigers' first game of the season against Mercer. But before that even takes place, we get NFL. The, the, the football is here, yes. and it comes your way on Friday... As the Falcons take on the Detroit Lions and you, of course, in addition to being your home for Auburn Tigers football, we're so thrilled at Tiger Communications to once again be broadcasting Atlanta Falcons football for another season. And joining us now, the radio play-by-play voice of the Falcons, Wes Durham here with us. Wes, it is that time of year. Football season is here. Thanks for the time and thanks for joining us on the show today, my friend.
0: No problem, guys. Nice to be back with you. Appreciate you carrying the broadcast this year. We're, we're yes, fired sir. up. We're Absolutely. excited
1: for uh, Falcons football season to be here. We, we talked after the draft, Wes, as this team was kind of getting ready for training camp. Year two of Arthur Smith. What's the vibe right now there in Atlanta as, uh, as training camp moves on, getting set for this first preseason game?
0: JJ, I've seen five practices. Um, I've not seen them this week because I'm on the road with ACC Network doing some of our football tour stops, but the competitive nature of the practices that I've seen in person have been really good. Um, you got to remember then in, in two short years, they have kind of revamped this roster in yes. a way that I think has caught a lot of people somewhat by surprise. And and one of the ways they've done it is there are only two players that have been longer than five years in Atlanta on the roster right now. Now, Deion Jones could come off the roster at any point because he's on uh, PUP. And he would be a third player over, the, over, number of, over five years because he's been in Atlanta seven years. But Grady Jarrett and Jake Matthews are the only two players over five years and their entire career. When I say over five years now, they've spent their entire career in Atlanta. They've been there longer than five years. And Deion Jones would be a third if he's activated off the pup list. But that's how fast they've moved in, in revamping the roster. Uh, some of it, as we've talked about in the past, has been financially driven because of salary cap. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting to watch this young group by whole uh, kind of take shape in the preseason. And then the other thing, too, is this. Atlanta's going to be one of, golly, I think three, maybe four or five teams that are going to play everybody in all three games. Atlanta's not going to be one of these teams that, you know, kind of cruises through these preseason games and, you know, kind of flips their hand up and says, all right, we'll see you, cats, in week one they're going to have to do some major evaluation about where they are as a football team starting on friday night in detroit
1: and they will get started the preseason is here for the falcons we mentioned kind of the overhaul on the offensive side of the football there's a new quarterback in town it's not matt ryan west what's what's practice been like uh, at training camp because you got to win with the quarterback
0: Well, and Marcus Mariota is a a guy who's played in this league. Obviously, he's been a couple different places and has a history with Arthur Smith from his time in Nashville. So uh, it's not like they've gone cold, you know, in in getting this started. Uh, Marcus has proven, number one, to be just a heck of a guy uh, in terms of, you know, his approach to being here and things of that nature. So I think that's good for Atlanta, and I think it's good for Marcus. Second part is, is that I think the acclamation process, JJ and Tom and Kay, uh, Cam, has gone very well from that standpoint. I, I think his, you know, his work with the wide receivers has been good. I think, you know, they got to sort things out in front of him though. Let, make no mistake, Atlanta's got to have the ability to run the football. They they can't run the football. We got bigger issues than who's going to be the quarterback uh, for this football team.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at the numbers in in this Falcons team, Wes. I mean, you know the numbers. Uh, One of the worst teams in point differential last season, despite winning all the games that they did, found themselves in a couple of games that that the score just was not pretty in Atlanta's favor. Speaking of of running backs, I mean, who are going to be some of those players that need to step up toting the rock this year?
0: Well, for me, in all honesty, I think this is going to get really interesting because I think it's going to start with Cordero Patterson, but I think Damian Williams is going to see some time here early at running back. Uh, I think it's safe to say Tyler Algier, who they drafted out of BYU, is going to play. They have moved Avery Williams from the secondary to running back. You're going to see him. Quadra Allison and Caleb Huntley are both all still on the roster as well. I'm not going to be surprised Friday night if, if we see all six running backs and then Wow. You know, maybe even maybe even Key Smith, the fullback, carries it. I, I think the bigger question is going to be those combinations I mentioned in front. Though I, I think that you know there there has been a battle at center with uh, Matt Hennessy and uh, and Drew Dahlman. Uh, there's clearly been a battle at left guard with Jalen Mayfield and uh, Elijah Wilkinson. But I think with Mayfield's back kind of sore for him, that's going to be. Uh, that, that may go to default to Wilkinson. The, the other battle is the one at right tackle. And Jermaine Effetti was brought in again, another veteran guy who's kind of been around the league a little bit. He is a six-year guy, 335 pounds on a 6'5 frame. And Afetti and Caleb McGarry has, uh, has become a thing in training camp. Caleb, to his credit, uh, while not completely healthy in, uh, in the majority of his career, has uh, has showed a lot of tenacity and has uh, has put up a pretty good fight here. I expect the right tackle thing to go all the way through the preseason. Um, the quarterback deal with Desmond Ritter being drafted. JJ, I'll I'll just get ahead of you on this one. Ritter's going to play, but I think there's uh, at least right now. I don't think there's a. I think Marcus Mariota starts week one. I don't I don't think Atlanta goes full blown rookie in uh, in week one at this point because Mariota's shown enough moxie and presence in some of the highly competitive drills they've done. Uh, and remember, they're going to have some combined practices coming up uh, the following week in New York, and then they're going to have some with Jacksonville at Flowery Branch. So I, I think Mariota is the guy quarterback, and Ritter's going to play. But I don't I don't think there's any concept right now of Desmond Ritter being a starter week one against New Orleans. Uh, switching over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, the Atlanta defense uh, really went through some struggles last year, um, seventh worst in the league last year total, uh, but uh, made some moves in the draft, made some moves in free agency. Uh, what, are, what are you looking at with this defense and, and how they're shaping up for this season? Well, you're kind to say they went through some struggles last year. I mean, that's, that's an right. undersell if there ever was one. Uh, you know, they they didn't hit the passer. They couldn't rush the passer. Uh, They struggled to stop the run. Um, You know, they were pretty good in the secondary with A.J. Terrell, and actually they've gotten better at the other corner because Casey Hayward's come in on a free agent deal, allows them to, when Isaiah Oliver is healthy at 100%, I think he's pretty close. They can plug him in at the nickel. Jalen Hawkins has been good back there as well. Um, But I think the linebacking situation, look, we're all waiting to see kind of how this Deion Jones thing goes down once he's healthy right. um there is some thought they will trade him i don't think they'll cut him that's just my opinion i haven't talked to anybody within the front office to, to gather it it's just the thought that i don't think they're going to put him on the street i think they want something back in return for deon jones if he's healthy he's a really good linebacker rashawn evans has come in done a very nice job at the other inside spot and then the you know the get excited group now is the is the outside linebackers, um, Ebikiti uh, the rookie from Penn State, looked very good. Uh, Adi Ogendeji has looked very good, the second year uh, edge rusher from Notre Dame. And then Lorenzo Carter is in a group that uh, guys Dave Archer likes to call the chip on shoulder group. There is about seven or eight guys on this roster, and uh, and Zo Carter is one of them that probably realizes if it doesn't go well in atlanta that might be the end of my football career type deal right some of them are on one-year deals some of them are on two or three-year deals with a lot of options and things like that and incentives but i think lorenzo carter has shown to be a very very efficient guy in terms of rushing the passer and uh you know to be honest with you tommy that's the best way atlanta's going to improve is they got to get to the quarterback and if they can't get to the quarterback you know it, it won't matter because uh guys are too good in this league they'll they'll tee off and hit receivers and run the ball on you but atlanta's got to pressure the quarterback and they've got to create more turnovers or else that uh, that scoring differential jj talked about a moment ago is not going to get any better west uh, it kind of seems like a lot of people are very down on this team just because you know it seems like we're still going through a, a rebuilding process um but You know a lot of the players within the organization seem like they're they have a lot of fight within them um kind of reflecting the the personality of arthur smith um what what do you think about that i think the layering of this team is in progress and and layering everybody wants to use rebuild and i understand because that's the quick and easy term um i've had a lot of fun talking with people about college football this off season you know because Everybody wants to talk about, you know, the Super Leagues and expansion and realignment and all that, but nobody wants to talk about the details of how all that happens, you know? Well, everybody in Atlanta, a lot of people want to use rebuild, and I get it because the salary cap put them in that spot. But on the way back here, they're being pretty patient, and they're using, I think they're using a lot of the youth. Remember the thing I gave you about Jarrett and Matthews, right? and then potentially Deion Jones, and everybody else is less than six years with the organization, that's a lot of young people. And when you start to think about it, they got a lot out of that draft. I mean, this Anderson kid from Montana State, you guys aren't going to believe it. I mean, he is a missile going east and west at linebacker. Now, I don't know if he plays right off the jump or not, but here's the thing. This competitive stuff that Arthur Smith talks about, that's not like a song and dance, you know, Kewanian Club lunch deal. He's serious about it. The competitive piece of this is a, is a big-time part of where they want this organization to be. And so I'm buying. Now, the reason I'm buying, you don't have any choice but to buy. Because right now, these are the guys that have been entrusted by Arthur Blank and Rich McKay and Steve Cannon to run the organization, Right. And, and they're doing the things they think they need to do to kind of get this thing to the next level. And, and we'll see. It's not going to be easy. Look, Tampa's the favorite, guys. We all know that, right? I mean, the cats eating avocado ice cream and doing all that jazz again <laughs> and 45 years old and just, just killing people. But, I mean, we'll see where this goes. I think it's going to get really interesting. I'm not sure the division's going to be great. But I think Atlanta, as long as they can stay healthy, gives themselves a fair chance. I have no idea how many games they're going to win. My standing line this offseason has been we're going to play 17 of them and see what happens.
1: I think that's a fair line, and we'll get that process started uh, coming up on Friday. Of course, preseason games before those official 17 get going. You can follow him on Twitter, at West Durham. He's been the radio play-by-play voice. Of those Falcons since 2004. As you embark on another season behind the mic, (laughs) if JJ, if myself or Tom or Cam goes back to 04, Wes, and tell you your future self, you're still going to be doing this thing in 2022. What would you have said?
0: Boy, I fooled the hell out of them. (laughs) Um, No, you know what? It's it's been a blessing. I mean, it really has. In our business, you don't take for granted the loyalty and the support you get to do this um I, I think anybody would tell you the same thing whether it be andy and you know brad no guys involved with auburn or you know any any situation because the support that mr blank and rich mckay have given uh dave and i in doing these games jj it's been incredible and we're grateful to to have the opportunity to do it and for many years you know i was doing georgia tech and now this will be my tenth year in television, and Dave did college games as well for many, many years until a couple seasons ago. And to be honest with you guys, it's um, you got to have support to pull that off. Um, but uh, that's that's been the fun part for us, and the relationships too. I mean, you know, it, it wasn't easy for us when obviously they, you know, they traded Matt Ryan uh, because he's a friend. Uh, just like it wasn't easy to watch Josh Harris sign a free agent deal to go play in Los Angeles. I mean, you know, heart. he had been in yeah he had been an Auburn guy walk on there and been at Carrollton and you know he'd had a really great run but you know it's a it's a business and you got to remember that sometimes but we're looking forward to next Friday and uh and seeing what happens at Ford Field at Detroit against the Lions
1: how how do you get ready for the first broadcast Wes because it's funny we've been talking with you mentioned Andy and Brad in our conversations with Rod Bramblett over the year and oftentimes they talk hey you can try and practice all you want to before a season gets going but switching sport to sport like all you great folks uh, and broadcasters do there's got to be a level of rust I would imagine that uh, you're having to knock off as those games get going
0: well we try not to think about the rust but yeah. the idea of uh, the idea of the name and number in the preseason makes it a little taxing you can do all the college football you want but more than likely not everybody's going to play in a college game right unless you know it's a very good point it's a blast but in in this game friday night anybody healthy is going to play so there's a real good chance 180 different guys are going to see the field Whew. or some roughly number like that um you know and you're just trying to keep the game in front of you you really are i mean if there's stories to tell along the way you want to share those but you also you know, in a game like Friday night, it's, uh, Paul Hewitt, the old basketball coach at Georgia tech had a great line one time. He said, it's like a three car crash on the Atlantic Connector. Nobody wants to be in it, but they sure as hell want to slow down and take a look at it. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and that's kind of where we'll be Friday night. We want to keep the field straight for you. Uh, you know, make sure you kind of know how some of these combinations are working at the positions of interest and, uh, you know, and see what happens. And then, you know, the coaches and players will tell you after a preseason game, they'll give you a lot of insight about, you know, the other team played hard or we started fast or things of that nature. And really, that's the that's the way you kind of measure the preseason. But I'll share this with you. Atlanta and Detroit, I'm going to pull this number here real quick. Look at me. I'm even carrying the work with me, J.J., on the road up here in Syracuse.
1: <laughs> so um, impressive.
0: the uh, I'll just give you this, and and I want you to think about this on Friday night. Atlanta's lost 15 of their last 16 in the preseason. Wow. Okay. <laughs> we, don't now, win. we don't win preseason now, games. Okay. And here's the other one. Detroit's lost eight straight preseason games in 12 of 13. Oof. Now, no matter how many times rosters change and things of that nature, when it gets right down to it at the end, I don't know anybody that doesn't want to win, right? And that's the part about Friday that is going to be fascinating to me. Dan Campbell's a second-year guy in Detroit. Arthur Smith's a second-year guy in Atlanta. These guys want to win, and I know these players do. So that's why I'm saying Atlanta, I don't know how many games they're going to win when the regular season starts, but I think they're going to play hard, and I think they're going to compete, and that's going to be a big part of what we're talking about, I think, Friday. Yeah. Well, Wes, you, you talked about that you're uh, you're doing some stuff with the ACC uh, preview right now. Uh, you know, J.J.'s a, a big Duke guy. Uh, is he going to have? big fan he, during basketball though Tommy? <laughs> 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 well, I time. was going to ask you. I was like, you know, is there anything that he has to look forward to with the Duke Blue Devils in football, or he just got to wait for basketball? Well, he's got he's got to look forward to me doing their first game against Temple. I can tell you that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Roddy Jones and I will be there with Taylor Davis, who you guys know from the Auburn area. Yeah. Uh she's uh, she's working with us. We're delighted to be with her, and so we're we're excited to be. Uh, for Mike Elko's first game. Look, I, I think Duke's got a long game. They're playing the long game with Elko. I think he knows it. I think Dana King, the athletic director, knows it, and, and that's fine. But it's going to be a pretty good league. I mean, you saw it today. They're four in the top 25 of the coaches' poll, um, headlined by Clemson. But NC State's really good. I mean, NC State's got a chance to be an issue for Clemson and their dominance in the ACC to yeah. a point that, I would tell people, you know, watch NC State early. There's some really big non-conference games. You guys, I'm sure, have talked about Miami playing Texas A&M at College Station. Oh, yeah. Pitt and West Virginia going to play in the backyard brawl. Florida State and LSU the Sunday night before Labor Day in New Orleans is very, very interesting in my book. I think, I think that game is really going to be interesting to see kind of how things unfold for Mike Norvell at Florida State and certainly for Brian Kelly and his Cajun accent. and (laughs)
1: 25 days away from that. Not that Uh, I'm counting down the the days until uh, that Duke football game. But, Wes, I'm giving Tom some money right now for asking that question. I'll post it on the Duke podcast a little bit later. He's the best. (laughs) Wes, the time is greatly appreciated, my friend. All
0: right, guys. Thanks again. Appreciate you being part of the network. Take care, okay?